Welcome to the Hills Baptist Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us as we see Jesus glorified, lives transformed, and hope revealed in the Adelaide Hills and beyond. We hope you enjoy this message. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm just so privileged. Uh, I will let you know early. Um, I cried during the <laughs> worship. I cried during prayer. Surely some of you will cry with me during the test, during the, uh, the word. So uh, just a couple of things. Some of you who do know, or some of you who don't know, we moved up to the hills five years ago. And um, five years ago, I had a good friend who's here, Lauren. And she was telling me about a group of, you know, ladies, intercessory prayer people who've been praying for this town. And look, look where we are. <laughs> it's crazy. You know what I mean? Sometimes we're just walking through life and we're failing to see the miracles that are happening in front of us. Look where we are. We're not only gathering together in Lobethal, we're in their centennial hole, bro. And this is where, and this is the first month celebration. This is the anniversary of your first month. Well done, Lobethal. Right? Yeah, woo, woo. Okay? And you get me. To preach. Woo! All right. It's, it's fire, okay? So we're going to ruffle, we're going to shake up Lobethal a bit today. Um, and, and it's really going to be about what we're then giving to the world. That's, that's really what God's put on my heart. So I, um, I get nervous. My daughter said, are you nervous, Dad? I said, yeah, because I speak for a living. But when I bring God's Word, it's something much far, far greater. Like, you know, not a burden. I don't want to say a burden, but it's like, am I doing it right, Lord? You know, like, I am no good. God is good. We are, we, people, the people out there think that they have to be perfect before they come in here. That's why they don't come in. They don't realize we're all broken. That's why we come here. That's why we're here. So for those note takers, um, the title of this message is Message from the Miracles. Message from the Miracles. I was going to describe a song that I thought we were going to play before. I thought we were going to sing it actually before the test. That's okay. They're like, oh, sorry. I'm like, that's fine. I'm going to describe the song anyway. The first song that they started singing, Awaken My Soul. Like, that's where we need to be. Lord, awaken my soul. Where we hear praise, you hear faith. Right? And what is faith? It's stepping out, believing in the unseen. That is faith. Everybody can do it easy when we know what's going to happen. Is that faith? Not really. And so it's, it's just beautiful that I get to share on Acts 3. We are in Acts chapter 3, by the way. Great message last week from Simon. Uh, and we're just leading through that. And so the song that I wanted to describe to you was we're going to sing after. It's called Oceans. And it, it goes something like this. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters. And it's so perfect for this because I see Peter, we're going to see Peter, who actually performs the first miracle after, you know, the Holy Spirit comes on them. And it's no wonder because he was the one that stepped off the boat. Right? So sometimes I feel like in churches, like people have been gifted and people with this strong faith and they don't want to say nothing because they want to be humbled. But that, is Peter doing that? No. 
He's like, I'll step out in the water. He didn't think, I wonder what the guys are going to think. If I step out, do they think I'm better than them? That's not what it's about. God can use every single one of us. We have to step out in our own gifts with our own faith. Um, so there, I did want to say that. Now, coming back to the town hall in the Lobethal, imagine that this group of, of intercessory prayer group, imagine after two years of praying, they didn't see anything happen in Lobethal. They stopped. I've been in the hills for five years. I know they've been praying longer than that. Right? How often do we stop praying because it hasn't happened yet? It's not a coincidence that I wore this t-shirt either. If you can't read it in the back, it says Noah was a conspiracy theorist, then it rained. (laughs) How long was he walking with the Lord and praying and the Lord was telling him to build the ark? People would have been like, mate, I think it's a bit over, mate. It's, uh, it's been 50 years, mate. <laughs> Ain't seen no rain. He'd be like, yeah, you're right, and giving up, right? So uh, normally I go through and I find all these theologists and what they've said about this chapter and that, and I just really felt the Lord say, no, just real simple today. Read it, pour what's on your heart. That's what we're going to do today, church, okay? So... Um, This group of people got me in to speak to the Lobethal Football Club two years ago, and I spoke about my testimony. I spoke about overcoming drugs and alcohol, addictions through his power, and I subtly was planting some seeds back then, two or three years ago. Um, They actually never got me back in, so. (laughs) But look, we're back. We're back. So, right? Um, And so what we're going to see in Acts 3 is these seeds being planted and these miracles performed, not necessarily for, I mean, don't get me wrong, miracles are performed and healing is great for the person, but it's never actually only for the person. It's for the people around them. It's so you can proclaim his name and his power and his majesty and his grace and his love. And you go, look at what he's done in my life. And we can share that with others. So let's go to Acts chapter three. I don't know how A couple of weeks ago, so <laughs> thanks, Brian. Okay. So it says, One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Hold that point. Remember that point. We're going to come back to that. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going in to the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter, looking straight at him, as did John, then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them their full, his full attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, gold and, or silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. 
There's so much to focus on in this, in this chapter, like, um, and I'm just going to pick apart and see what the Lord wants to do with it, but I'm going to try and keep it simple. Firstly, I wanted to point out, they are on the way to the temple at the time of prayer. For those who don't know, uh, Jews, remember, like they were Jews. Now they've found Jesus, Holy Spirit on them. They still got that practice of three times a day. So they pray in the morning, they pray in the afternoon, they pray in the evening. Now, the problem is people go, oh, that's very religious. Mate, it's not about religious. It's about relationship, okay, and wanting to spend more time with him. Like any relationship, if you only saw your spouse once a week, I mean, some of you would be like, well, that'd be pretty good, actually. Uh, nah, but <laughs> don't want to call out who. Some of you look at, it wasn't me, babe. All right. If you were to only see your spouse once a week, how well would that relationship go? That, that was a question, church. That, was a, that wasn't rhetorical. That was actually, yes, yeah, say it. Not very good. So why do we expect the relationship with God to go very good when we come once a week? How do we even expect to perform miracles? Because we all do. Like, not being like, what's the word? Like, not prideful, like, look what I did. But we all would like to go, stand and walk, brother, and heal the lame. Wouldn't we? Surely. Then we want to do that on once a week? I don't think, I mean, not saying that God couldn't make it happen but our faith wouldn't be strong enough to make it happen either. He didn't, Peter didn't even mess about. He just said straight up, walk. <laughs> That's crazy, okay? Um, the importance, again, of praying three times a day is being in his presence. Who else prayed three times a day in the Word? Daniel. And look what Daniel did. And through him, look who he changed. Examples he's put in the word over and over again. Now, I make a joke like I used to be a Muslim, okay? Well, I tried to be. And, you know, I'd have made this joke that, you know, as a Muslim, we would pray five times a day. And when I came to Christ, I started praying seven times a day. Because I was like, this is way more truth than that. So I better pray way more than they do. That's, that's what was my mindset was. And then I looked through the Bible, and guess who else I found prayed seven times a day? David. He actually praised the Lord seven times a day and prayed three times a day. So that's ten times a day. He's in the Lord's presence, and then look at what David's doing. I'm getting goosebumps telling you this. And I use the analogy of the gym so often because it's something so easy to see. You can't expect to go to the gym once a week and get massive. Physically. So how do we expect to come to the gym, our church, once a week and expect to get massive spiritually? It's good, eh? I know, thanks, man. Right? Do you understand? So I'm not telling you religiously, like, spend time with him, get to know him, see his will for you, and then go out and preach to others. And, and who knows what the healings we can start to see? Because I tell you right now, I speak to people who do mission work overseas and they say, mate, we see crazy miracles and crazy healing. Why? Because they are always in his presence and the people who have nothing are ready. You see, that's what else we're going to see. This beggar, I mean, I know in Lobethal you don't see many beggars, probably if any. Balhanna, Oakbank, Mount Barker, I see a couple. Come down into the city, 
or the plains, as some of you hill folk may call it, and you'll see many. Now, how many times, if you've been to the city, you've seen someone begging, not only have you not given, uh, not only have you not given them money, or not prayed for them, not given them money, or probably crossed over to the other side. Oh, I can't be bothered. Right? We've all been guilty of it. Or we go, oh yeah, here's 10 bucks, mate. Yep, that's our good deed for the day. Oh, look, I gave that guy 10 bucks. But then Peter's saying, we, have, we don't have money. We got something even more valuable. How many times have we gone, you know what? I don't have money, but let me pray for you. Anybody? Anybody sat with a homeless guy and prayed for them? A few years ago, I was grabbing a coffee at a mate's coffee shop. I was on my way to work. It was like, mm, I don't know, 9.30 in the busy part of um, Curry Street. And I, uh, I grabbed the coffee, boom, I sit in my car getting ready. I, I, don't, I looked up and I saw this guy who was like, you know, pacing back and forth and he was talking to himself and I could see, like it's busy, you know, people are commuting to work and they're sort of like, oh gosh, walking around him and he's just in his own world and he's picking cigarette butts up off the ground, trying to look for more so he could create one whole cigarette. Do you know what I mean? And I felt the Lord just say to me, all right, go and speak to this dude. I said, so I got out of my car. Hey, brother, look, stop picking up cigarettes off the, uh, off the ground, man. Here's 20 bucks. Go buy a packet of cigarettes. Now, I tell this story to people, and people go, what? Why would you tell him to go buy a packet of cigarettes? Uh, he's homeless, and uh, he's picking them up off the ground. I say, some of my mates who smoke have a home. I say, you smoke, right? So who am I, mate? This guy's got nothing. He's in the middle of the road picking it off the ground. Here's 20 bucks, bro. Go and buy a pack of cigarettes. Then I said, and he, he went like this. And I said, oh, my gosh. I tried not to show him with my face. But I was like, oh, I don't even know what he just said. So I asked him again. He said the same thing again. Had no idea what he was saying. And then I felt convicted by the Holy Spirit to pray for him. Mind you, there's people walking everywhere in the middle of the city in the morning. I'm with this dude that everyone's avoiding. And I go, okay. I said, mate, do you mind if I pray for you? I don't even know if he said yes or no, but I did anyway. Put my hand on his shoulder, I closed my eyes, and I started praying. Now, I never used to pray for people all the time because, you know, I'm a new Christian, and I don't have big fancy words. God said, it's not about fancy words. It's about the heart. It's about the posture. So I just said it, Lord, I don't know what's going on in this man's life, but you do. Help him. Let him know your love. Let him know your power. Let him know your strength. Let him know you're there, right? And I start praying. And as I pray, I kid you not, the sun comes over this building and just smacks us. Like, I'm getting goosebumps. I'm telling you. Full on. And I was like, oh. And I could feel people walking around me going, what the heck's this guy doing? And as I finished praying, like, I don't know how long I was there for, whatever. I said, there you go, brother. He's like, oh, thanks so much, man. I said, like, what the heck? Irish. Now I, could, now I understood him. And I was like, man, was he possessed? And he starts telling me his story, his life story about what happened and where he came from and how, you know, his family were doing crazy stuff. So he just fled to Australia with nothing. And now he lives on the street. I don't know the fruit, but I planted the seeds. He may be walking with the Lord right now. He may be praying for other people. He may be praying for other homeless people. I don't know. But that's what we're called to do. And that's what we're going to see in Acts chapter 3. 
How many times do we give just money when we have the power of the Holy Spirit? How many times could we just sit and listen and then pray for them and pray with them? His healing sometimes isn't physical. It can be emotional. It can be spiritual, like I saw in this guy. It wasn't a physical, it was a spiritual thing that was healed in this man in that moment. You see, so often these people are in such a place of desperation of no longer it's in my strength, but they've given up. So it can only be in his strength. But we as comfortable Christians, we are very comfortable. We can do it in our own strength till we have no strength. Then we come to the Lord. He heals and it is for us, but more importantly is for what he does in us and through us than what he does for us. When we are comfortable, it's, not, it's easy not to be on our knees seeking him because comfort breeds complacency and complacency breeds compromise. He comes forward and he goes, Then he went into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if it's by our own power or godliness? We had made this man walk. The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers has glorified his servant Jesus. Now, when I first came to, uh, to Jesus and I, I started, actually first time I started, you know, telling my testimony, it was actually, one was in Adelaide Hills at um, Little Hampton. And um, the response of church folk was the same. Like, don't get me wrong. Of course it was a miracle. Shackles of 15 years broken, addictions gone. Like, do not get me wrong. But why are you surprised? And they continue like, oh my gosh, I can't believe, why can you not believe that happened? Right? And this is what Peter's saying to them. He said, do you know the God that you're talking of? See, Peter and John didn't start their own Peter and John's healing ministries. Right? Brought to you by P&J. Right? <laughs> they didn't do that. They pointed to, 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 to the Lord and they said, yeah, that's who the God is. And he magnified Jesus. And he's going to come later and say, and what did you do? See, because once we have that, we cannot be the same. Once that Holy Spirit is in you, you cannot be the same person as you were before that. And if you are, and I'm not, again, I'm not judging, I'm not, you know, this is not a competition. It's not what I'm saying. Please hear what I'm saying. You cannot be the same. And if you are, and your zeal for the kingdom has not increased, then you need to go back to the feet of Jesus. It's not my words. This is in the word. Your zeal for the kingdom has to have increased. And if it hasn't, go back, reset. Mate, if you've been walking with the Lord for 20 years, 30 years, and you haven't been baptized, again, go maybe go, you know what? 
Maybe I should go and get baptized. Nothing bad could come from it, let me tell you. Right? People limit God. But I know this is the God who created the sun, the moon, light and night, the stars, the heavens. Each fingerprint, not one is the same, people. The past, the present and future, not one will be the same. And a drug addiction, of course he'll take it. Pain, brokenheartedness, depression, whatever it may be, he will take it if you are willing to let it go. If you are willing to let him into those places that you've kept in the darkness for so long, he will bring the light to those places. You know, the enemy uses fire to burn you. The Lord uses fire to refine you. The process may feel the same, but the outcome is always different. I did have this little cool little thing that I found out on TikTok, actually. Funny, Jason. It's about the nucleic acid in our DNA and how God has printed his name in our DNA. It's crazy, but I'll just give you a quick little thing. There's like these nucleic acids in our DNA structure, and the pattern goes 10, 5, 6, 5, break. 10, 5, 6, 5, break. And it just repeats and repeats, and it's our DNA. And if you look at the Hebrew letters, each letter has a number. The letter 10 is yeah. The letter 5 is hair. The letter 6 is ver. And the letter 5 is hair. Yeah, hair, ver, hair. What does that spell? Who is that? If you don't know, now you know. Okay? That's in our DNA. This is the God that we worship and we follow. This is the one that can do this in our lives and through our lives for others. When you get saved, it's not just about you. It's no longer about you. Now it's about what he does through you. But you have to be willing to step out onto the waters. Sometimes the healing, like sometimes people go, you know, uh, when I, when I um, got healed, you know, I had friends coming up to me. Some were, you know, seeking the Lord as well and they hadn't, you know, had smoking or drinking or whatever healed. And, you know, you don't really know what to say sometimes. Because I know this church has done it, you know, some churches have done it so wrong. Like, if you haven't been healed, then you haven't prayed hard enough. Or you don't have faith strong enough, right? And so I didn't grow up in church, so I don't know about all that, okay? But that's just what I've heard growing and learning, right? That's not always the case. Because I've watched this show called The Chosen, which I really like. And in it, there was, Harley, yeah, you love it. Uh, and in it, there's a guy called Little James, and they depict little James as he, ha- he was born with a leg shorter than the other, so he walks with a bit of a limp, you know, and he can't do everything physically as the other apostles can do. And Jesus knows that little James wants to be healed. And there's this really cool scene when he approaches Jesus and he says to him, and li- he's like, little James, you got something you want to say to me, bro? You know? Uh, and he's like, come on, say it. Because th- of course God already knows. It's like when a dad already knows what the son has done. Not chucking you under the bus, Murray. Okay? But still wants to hear it from the son. Do you know what I mean? Knows what the son wants or the daughter, but still wants to hear it. There's something in that. And so Jesus says, what is it? And he goes, you know, I've been watching you doing, healing all these people. And, you know, yet I'm still here walking around with this limp. And Jesus says, little James, I can heal you. But maybe the miracle I'm doing 
whilst you're still like this, walking and praising my name and sharing my gospel is even greater than just a physical healing. You know what I mean? Maybe that's what he wants to do in you. Because we know we're going to have new bodies in eternity. So maybe it's like, hey, yeah, but you still got a limp. Yeah, but I still praise him for all he has done. Don't worry about this. There's nothing. Because this is this focus. This is flesh focus. And guess what? That flesh ain't coming with you. It's a new flesh, a new body. So maybe that is the miracle. The other thing is we don't realize is how long they had been praying for this healing for. Since, his, since he was born, he was lame. Right? So how long has the mother been praying for? How long has the father been praying for? How long have other people been praying for? And they never gave up, just like Lobethal. Pray without ceasing. You see, I know my grandmother was praying for me since birth. She had me as a little baby and she would take me to church on Sundays. My dad didn't really know. I got only told like 10 years ago. I know my mum would have been praying for me. And I definitely know for the first, well, I'm sure my missus still prays for me, but definitely for the first 13 years, she was praying for me. Then I was healed. So sometimes we think just because it happened in the moment doesn't mean it happened in an instant. I don't think you heard me, church. I said, just because it happened in a moment doesn't mean it happened in an instant. You know, this guy's probably 25 years plus, 25 years of prayers going unanswered till one day sitting in front of that gate, he had greater than silver and gold. And he got up and walked and jumped for joy. My grandmother didn't get to see this. And sometimes we don't get to see the fruit, but we always plant the seeds. You know, I came across this thing, I don't know where, but it says, man shall not be judged on the harvest he reaps, but on the seeds he sows. So church, let's keep sowing the seeds and keep praising his name. And, you know, I've been seeking God and fasting and praying. Why? Because that's what he says to do. That's what he says to do, fast and pray. Okay, so it's so important Jesus continues to tell us to do this. These guys are constantly seeking him. They've just walked with the Lord for three years. And now, boom, this is their first miracle. They're like on fire for the Lord. They're like, what? All right, let's do more of this. That's how we need to be. He has been pushing me to outreach, to the lost, to the addicted, He's been waking me up at 3 a.m. and downloading spoken words, a booklet for a camp that I didn't even have the day before. I was going to preach at a camp. I had nothing. I was like, oh, well. And 3 a.m., boom, I woke up and I just literally typed out this whole booklet. And I sent it to the girl who was running the camp. I said, oh, I've got a booklet. She was like, oh, because she just asked me the day before. So she thought, oh, yeah, how good could it be? She told me this later. And when I emailed it to her, she rang me up. She said, when did you do this? I thought you didn't have one. I said, it was 3 a.m. It wasn't me, it was the Lord. When the Lord healed me and people said, how did you quit? I said, it wasn't me, it was the Lord. And they said to me, yeah, I know, man, but how'd you do it? I said, it wasn't me, it was the Lord. Right? 
when we are ready, all we need to be is available. We don't need to be capable or able. He is. We just need to be available. The other day, um, I testimonied. testimonied. That's a new word for your church, okay? I testimonied at Whitmore Square. So a guy asked me, can you come out and uh, do your testimony? I said, no worries. I didn't know what I was expecting, but Whitmore Square, I know I've done some work around there. There's a lot of homeless guys. There's some men's shelters and stuff. So I got there. There was literally a stand, a guitar, a little speaker. There was about 30 chairs set up in the park. And they were putting on some food. Now we're cooking up a barbecue, had some salads, people serving, and people would just sort of wander in and walk along and sit on the outskirts. Some would sit on the chairs, some would be on the benches over there, so they're trying like not to listen, but they're just here for the food, which is all cool, you know. We love food, and we've got food, you know. And um, I started sharing, man. I got on the mic and I started sharing, boom, just real raw. I could get deep because I know these guys were on the same journey. So I exposed some stuff in my life, you know, that they have gone through. And they were just like, the heck? And then I like point to Jesus. And the tears and the breakthrough and the prayer, man, I was crying. I was praying over dudes. I saw healing. I saw breakthrough. I saw emotional opening. Mate, it was crazy, okay? Now, I didn't cry the whole time while I was praying. I don't know. God kept me strong. No joke. I could jump in the car. Because now I'm driving to Victor Harbour to go and preach for three days. So I jump in the car. I, I ring my missus and I go, hey, babe. Blah, blah, blah. And then I hung up with my missus. I was like, I said, are you all right? I'm like, no, I can't talk yet. It was full on, man. But I was broken hearted, church. What are we doing, man? Where are we, man? Who are we sharing with, bro? You come every Sunday. Yep, cool. Then what? If it's like Amway, you know, the greatest network marketing company in the world, man, been around for 70 years. Do you know why? Word of mouth. And yet we have the greatest, the greater than any silver and gold. And how many people have we told this week? So I got a challenge for you, church. If you do not share Jesus or your message or something about who he is in your life and your life and who he, you've become with him to at least five people this week. Don't come back next Sunday. <laughs> Simon's like, bro, you can't say that. <laughs> I won't be here next Sunday, so I won't know if you come or anyway, but um, hear what I'm saying. I'm telling you we love, man. Because if we have the truth, then why aren't we telling everybody about it? It's only one a day, and you get Saturday off. It's the Sabbath anyway. Hey, you like that one? Yeah, it's good. It's good. <laughs> I like it. Okay. Um, after this past week, right, I knew stuff was going to happen, so I'm aware of it. When I'm preaching, like, you know, attacks, right? People will say, you know, if you're not getting attacked, I had this guy once, he said, if you're not being attacked by the enemy, you're not doing enough for the kingdom. I was like, oh, Okay. All right, now it's a challenge. Now I'm like, where are you? Hey, yeah, see what I'm doing? Yeah. Now, this week I knew it was going to happen. So last week when I preached at this camp, okay, I was talking. I said to this young lady, they all went out to their little small groups. This lady was sort of by herself. And I said, "Ah," I was getting some food. And I said, hey, can I pray for you? She's like, what for? And we're at a Christian camp, right? But they told me, look, we've got people from all walks of life. And it's a real catchment. And I really love Blackwood Baptist's heart for that, right? It's so good. 
And she was like, no, I don't really believe in, in God. And I said, oh, cool, but you're on a Christian camp. Crazy, huh? And she goes, yeah, like, I don't agree with some of his beliefs, you know, and it was about some certain big issues in the world right now. I didn't really need to get into it, but you know what they are, okay? And uh, I said, okay, cool, but why would you let, like, a maybe, you know, disagreement in a belief, you know, affect your soul for eternity? And she said something crazy to me, and I tried to hold myself. She said, yeah, but, you know, that's why I'm Luciferian, because um, Lucifer doesn't judge me. Yeah. And I said, wow, this is the world we live in, people. A young girl, 17 years old, you know, at a Christian camp feels like this. Then what about the rest? And now the enemy's getting so bold. But what she said to me next was very interesting. She said, but I'm not a Satanist. So Lucifer, clever, he is like almost said, Lucifer, the light bearer, Satan, the, the devil. And so this guy accepts me for who I am and, my, and whatever I am and my beliefs, he doesn't judge. This guy's a bad guy and God I don't like because he judges everyone. And that's what it felt. And I prayed for that girl. And I prayed for another guy who came at me in the youth prison. I can only explain it as possessed. As soon as I mentioned the name of Jesus and it was in a spoken word, I was getting them to write their own story in a spoken word. And I just said like pre and post Jesus elected. It was the only thing I actually mentioned. And then he started going off. And then he was looking at me like, oh, I better take a time out. And I was looking back at him like, yeah, you better. Because I knew it wasn't him. But it was happening around me. And I knew because I was coming to preach his word. I spoke the name of Jesus in a situation where I wouldn't normally because I'm convicted of what he's done in my life. Eagles fly west in the winter. <laughs> yes, they do. They do, don't they? Yeah, that's what I got told. So, This story challenges us to examine our own faith in Jesus. See what I did there? Yeah, that's right. Do we truly believe in the power of his transformation? How to transform our lives and the lives of those around us? Are we willing to act on that faith even when it requires us to step outside our comfort zones? This story highlights the importance of generosity. Peter and John didn't have money to give the lame man, but they gave him something much more valuable, the healing power of Christ. They were willing to give what they had, and as a result, this man's life was changed forever. They had just seen the Holy Spirit come upon them and 3,000 people come to Christ. And they didn't just go back home and continue working or whatever and then rock up on a Sunday. You understand? This is what I'm saying to you. This is not just about giving money or possessions. But if you do, please do that and pray. I gave that guy 20 bucks and prayed. I'm not telling you to like, go, oh, look what I did. That's not what it's about. Please stop letting him being about that. But it's about the heart, the posture, and what he's doing in us. It's about being willing to share the gifts that God has given us with those around us. It's about being a willing conduit of God's grace and to love those who need it most. This story shows us the transformative power of Jesus. 
He, the man that was lame, is now able to walk, run, and jump. He was no longer confined to a life of begging at the temple. He can now be worshipping in the temple. This story challenges us to examine our own lives, to consider what area of our lives still needs to be transformed. It reminds us that no matter how broken or hopeless we may feel, there is nothing that is beyond the healing power of Jesus. Nothing. Nobody. No matter how bad you are, that guy will never get saved. Mate, I'm telling you right now, I invited two brothers here. We walked a path that you, we just took a selfie in church because we just laughed and said, what the heck? 10 years ago, no way would it be. Let us go forth from this place with a renewed sense of purpose and faith. Let us be agents of healing, of love, of grace. May we follow the example of Peter and John and may we continue to bear witness of the power of Jesus to transform lives. So when was the last time you gave money to someone homeless? Next time, tell them you don't have money, you have something far greater. Don't, like I said, and I, I did it with love and with a bit of tongue in cheek, don't come back to church until you've prayed for at least five people, man. That's one a day. You know, I never used to share Jesus on my social media platforms, the 3,000 people that I have on there. My cousin told me, bro, leave business and religion separate. And I said, that's because you're a Muslim, brother. That's religion. Mine is relationship. And you look at statuses on Facebook, everyone's like, in a relationship. That's all they post. So why wouldn't I post about my relationship with Jesus? Now, at least two or three times a week, I post on all of my social media platforms something about Jesus. Before, I wouldn't do that. I was a bit, you know, oh, I care what people say. I care for people so much. I just don't care what people say. I wear these T-shirts as a bit of a statement so people look and go, what, what? This is all I want to wear now because that's all I want to represent. In some way, shape, or form, Jesus and what He has done in my life. And it's a great conversation starter. The great question is Are you a Christian? And it's easy for us to answer that. But what if we said to those around us, You tell me? You tell me. Your people at work, you tell me. People at school, you tell me. We can no longer be silent, church. The enemy is bolder than ever. He doesn't care how we feel. They don't care how we feel. And if we're here to show love, grace, and repentance, remember, the church has preached too much love and grace, and the old church has preached too much hell and repentance. Now we need a nice in the middle, because he is all of that. He's not, now nah, keep doing what you're doing, our love and grace. No, no. Love and grace and turn away from. Love and grace and turn away from. We're not here to fear man. We're here to fear God. And we're here to let man know that God died for them. He took on their sins so that they may have life. And when He do that, we can never be the same again. Without Him, we are nothing. With Him, we are everything. And through Him, we can do anything.
Let's pray. Father God, thank you for yeah, just, just using me however you want to use me, Lord. Using us however you want to use us, Lord. May we be a blank canvas ready for you to paint on, to put whatever message you need for our people, the people around us, those that we see each day, Lord. Let us be bold and courageous in our faith. Let us step out into that discomfort zone because that is where we learn and that is where we grow. It is so more important that what you are doing in us as we wait than what we are waiting for, Lord. This lame man has probably gone on to share that good news with so many people, Lord, and so many have come to you through that healing, through that miracle, because your miracles always lead to the message. And the message is you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Hills Baptist Podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in developing and equipping passionate disciples who love God, love people, and boldly share the gospel, you can do that at hillsbaptist.com forward slash giving. We pray this message has empowered you to live and love more like Jesus. Have an amazing day.